T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. Welcome back to the show. My name is Faraz Siddiqui. I'm here with Zach Rizzuto. We're breaking down the NFC North today. All of our targets, our avoids, uh, and most importantly, our thought process of why we're avoiding or targeting these guys. And we're, of course, going to include the current prices for all these guys as well, so you guys get a little bit of an update on what these ADPs look like. Zach, I just got back from Hershey Park late last night. My two daughters' birthdays are within a week of each other. Today's my older daughter's birthday. She's in school, though, so I don't have to spend a day with her. She she was pretty excited to go to school today on her birthday, obviously, but she just turned seven. We just got back from going on roller coasters. And I, it's it's funny because I'm realizing that I'm a little bit old because, you know, all those, like, spinning rides, like, like teacups and anything yeah. like that, like, it just messes me up now, dude. Like, like I'm like the pit of my stomach. Like, it just messes me up for the entire time. Um, after that, yeah. like I can do roller coasters just fine, but anything spinning, I can't do it anymore. Are you, <laughs> are you, are you a roller coasters guy at all? I, I'm the same way. I mean, I'm younger than you and I'm the same way. I mean, I haven't been able to do spinning rides since I was probably like 14. Like, I don't know. I was never good at spinning <laughs> rides, but roller coasters, I'm okay at roller coasters. The ones that go upside down, I'm not a big fan of, I mean, they're fun, but it's just like the same problem happens with the spinning rides, especially with corkscrews, like not for me, but you said that your daughter's excited to go to school on her birthday. I mean, for me personally, like I would hate going to school on my birthday. You know, I'd be taking the day <laughs> off. You know what I'm saying? You know, <laughs> she has a lot of friends and like, you know, I guess she likes the attention on her birthday. So Must I guess be. that's part of it. I think once she gets a little older, she's probably going to be at a point where like she'd just rather not go to school. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, once she has a bunch of stuff to do at home and she realizes that, you know, school sucks. Um, but by the way, like we already broke down several divisions already. Okay, so make sure to check out our previous episodes. Uh, we're basically going over every fantasy relevant player in these episodes. So you can get a good gauge of how we're currently feeling about these guys. Uh, you know, we remain fluid though. So with more information as we move on through the draft season, we'll be updating you guys on a bunch of it, including our upcoming rookie draft kit. That's it, rookie draft kit? No, 2023 <laughs> draft kit. Uh, with well, all the players, vet- veterans included. <laughs> yeah, for us, we're rookies at the draft kit. So I guess technically that would be us. Yeah, you know, we're you could say that. It, you, know, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> we, we, we've been basically creating a draft kit every single year, but we just haven't put it in a li- nice, like cohesive place, which we're going right. to do uh, very shortly. Uh, and if you're on Patreon, you should be having that pretty soon. Um, but 
you know, obviously along with that updates on our Instagram, you know, right here on this podcast as well. And if you can, since you're here, please follow, please subscribe to the podcast doing just that, you know, hitting that plus sign, right? Like it, it does so much for us. You have no idea. And, and if you have an extra minute after that, if you can rate and review the podcast, that would mean everything to us. But let's get into the NFC North. Let's start with the Packers. No Aaron Rodgers. Jordan Loves right. comes in. He has Christian Watson to work with. Rookie Jaden Reed to work with. I- I'm not a Romeo Dubs guy. I think he overperformed early on last year, and Aaron Rodgers kind of elevated him a bit. But he fell down to earth, right? Yeah. Love, you know, he also has Aaron Jones. But, I, you know, I think this remains a run-first offense, especially given the fact that, you know, Love is their quarterback. You know, they probably don't want to put the offense on his shoulders. What are, you, what are your thoughts on, on this, this this passing offense and, you know, whether Love can get it done this year? I'm really leery about it just because of the price that Jordan Love is sitting at right now. Like, I'm all for Jordan Love doing well. I think he can do well. He has weapons. He has Christian Watson, like you said, Aaron Jones. I think that's enough to get him – into a solid groove where he's not just going to be like losing games and doing terrible this season. But with great unknown comes great intrigue, and that's Jordan Love in 2023. Uh, Based purely on NFL experience alone, he's a rookie. And outside of those weapons I just said, he doesn't really have anyone that I can really help see helping him ease into a starting role. I'm not going to discount the fact that he was pretty much Aaron Aaron Rodgers' understudy, you know, for three years. So I'll give him that. He's probably picked up a thing or two from Aaron Rodgers. So that's one good thing. But the odds are, for me, if you ask me, the Packers are going to be bottom 16 offense. Like you said, probably going to be run first. You don't want to put it completely on Jordan Love. There's just no tape to analyze. There's so much ambiguity with him that I'm not really going to consider making him um, any type of quarterback on my fantasy roster, whether it's QB1 or QB2. I think his price is way too high. He's currently going. I believe he's the QB20 in the 13th round right now. Um, there are plenty of other guys that I like a lot more before him and even after him. I mean, there's a whole list that I have right here we could go through. Do you have any guys that you're really looking at in that range? Like, what do you think of Jordan Love? Do you think his price is a little high? I mean, I, I, I think he's an okay QB, too. Like, not someone I'm targeting, right? Uh, you know, the fact that he sat, sat so long behind one of the greats, right? And then he looked good in his, like, in his, in his really, really small sample size last year, like, he looked very comfortable, like, and that was my biggest takeaway for Love, you know, but for now, not someone who's really on my radar for fantasy, even in super flex leagues and two quarterbacks leagues, two quarterback leagues, obviously, he is going to be a QB2, right, most likely mm-hmm. for fantasy, yeah. um, but he's not really a, a target of mine, and no. we mentioned this being a run for a squad, right, Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon, they're going to be the guys carrying the load, you know, Jones being the preferred guy because he'll be much more involved in the receiving game. I'm not really targeting either of these guys right now. Jones is going off the board as the running back 16. Uh, you know, does he get enough receptions? Does he get enough goal line carries with A.J. Dillon around to pay off, you know, at that price? Not really a target of mine. And then A.J. Dillon obviously being taken a little later. Not a whole lot later. You know, still the RB 33 off the board in the ninth round. Like right. that kind of puts him in that flex consideration, but like, is he really a solid flex play? Like, I don't know that he is. Like, he wasn't a solid flex play last year, right? You know, in most games, and that was with Aaron Rodgers. So, you know, they'll depend on the ground game a bit more this year, I think. But, I, you know, I think he'll be touchdown dependent. 
but I think Aaron Jones is going to like be in, you know, going to be in there for a lot of those situations as well. I don't think it's the AJ Dillon show at the goal line. No, uh, but he's going to be touchdown dependent. He probably won't get enough work to justify that price just overall. Like, are you, yeah. are you, like, how are you looking at this backfield? Are you targeting either of these guys? Do either of them seem attractive to you at all? I'm actually in on Aaron Jones. And okay. I'm kind of viewing uh, that's based purely on the fact that, like I said, Jordan Love is a question mark. And I feel like when the quarterback is a question mark, the running backs get the work. We're going to see something just like that in Arizona this season with James Conner. He's like a sure thing. You know, the way that he's going to get his volume, the quarterback's a question mark. The offense isn't necessarily going to be good. Another offense is probably going to be in the bottom half of the league. Um, so I, I'm looking at Aaron Jones and thinking he looks pretty good. Um, he's one of the more frustrating fantasy players to have in your lineup. He had six finishes among the weekly top 12 last season compared to eight weekly finishes outside the top 24, which is like super polarizing. He, he, he's not very consistent on a weekly basis. But when you take a step back and you view his production on a season-by-season basis, he's actually really consistent. He's finished as the RB7, RB11, RB5, and RB2 in each of the past four seasons going back to 2019. And um, I, I really like that. You know, you look at the way that he's produced those numbers. He's garnered over 60 targets in each of the past four seasons. He's established himself as a clear receiving room back in that backfield. I think with Jordan Love being that question mark, like I said, in the young receiving room likely to experience some growing pains in 2023, he's going to be leaned on heavily, not just in the ground game, but also in the passing game as well. And anything short of 60 targets would be a surprise to me. Um, A.J. Dillon does complicate that backfield a little bit, but I look at him to make his money you know, in the receiving game again this season. I trust him at RB16. He's finished above that the past four seasons, so I think that he could be a high-end RB2. I don't think that's a poor production when you look at it at the end of the season. He'll be a high-end RB2. He might have some down weeks, but he's going to have some boom weeks too. So I'm actually targeting him because his price is actually pretty palatable for me. If you're if you're a zero RB guy, I think, you know, drafting him, you know, RB16 isn't necessarily a zero RB target, but in, in on underdog in best ball drafts, uh, I think that would be considered a zero RB target. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but right. I, I get it. Like my only concern is that the offense, like, is it going to take a step back? How far of a step back is it going to take? Are those touchdowns going to come down? You know, that was a big part of his game. He was never somebody who was getting like, you know, 70 catches a year, but you know, 40 to 50 catches is on the table for him. And I, I agree with the point that you made about quarterbacks and them looking for, you know, uh, those short outlets and, and Aaron yeah. Jones could be that guy. Um, I think where it gets interesting is this Packers wide receiver core and who are we targeting, right? I think both Christian Watson and Jaden Reed are good targets right now. Reed is going off the board as a wide receiver, 71, you know, pretty late in drafts, 14th round underdog. So he's a solid flyer pick for me. Uh, he's a talented wide receiver. He got the day two draft capital. The only questions are the quarterback and whether the offense can support two wide receivers for a fantasy. <clears throat> Right. But I think people are underestimating Christian Watson. I think Reed can come in and take some a little bit of the target share away, but I think Watson's year one cannot be ignored. Like once he was healthy and started playing a full-time role, 23% target share, 41% air yard share, his overall weighted opportunity was 16th among all wide receivers in the, in the second half of the year pretty much. He was a wide receiver 10 in fantasy points per game during that span, and I understand – you know, that a big percentage of his fantasy points came from touchdowns, but it wasn't just at the goal line. It wasn't just at the red zone, right? Like he right. was being targeted at all levels of the field. He was beating guys deep, intermediate, after the catch, 
um, you know, in the red zone, obviously. And if you forget touchdowns for a second, 2.26 yards per route run overall last year, that was for the entire year. That was second to Chris Olave among rookies. And he did hit the minimum route threshold that we care about, uh, you know, and the two yards per route run threshold also, you know, that tells us that he has a great chance of continuing to hit, you know, as a wide receiver too, at the very least, but also has a very good chance of being, you know, a multiple season wide receiver one. So he's going off the board as a wide receiver 20 on underdog right now. I'm targeting him at that price because of the upside he presents as the potential clear alpha there. Um, right. I'm just hoping that Jordan Love isn't absolutely terrible. I don't think he is. And you mentioned, you know, the fact that he's going at wide receiver 20. Listen to some of these names going ahead of him. Like, tell me you would take – I'm assuming you're going to say yes to these. But tell me if you'd take Christian Watson over these guys. We have Amari Cooper going at wide receiver 18. No. Yes? You wouldn't take Christian I'm Watson taking Christian Wa- I'm taking Christian Watson over Amari. Oh, okay. All right. You're taking Christian Watson. Would you take yes. Christian Watson over – Debo Samuel. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. How about Calvin Ridley? Now, that's where it gets hairy for me. But that's the wide receiver 16. Christian Watson. Yeah. So, by your standard, what you're saying, and what it looks like here on Underdog, he's like an extreme value in your mind, the way that he's produced. I mean, those numbers that you just threw out, like, would you say he's like a really good value right here? Is he possibly the I think he's a solid value for – yeah, I do think so, especially for the upside that he presents, right? I think the closest name that you mentioned out of those three wide receivers is Amari Cooper. Uh, I think, right. you know, if Deshaun Watson is going to take that step back to what he was, uh, Amari Cooper as his wide receiver one, you got to pay attention to that, right? I think Amari was really good last year. He was super up and down, obviously. We, we talked about the home, home road splits a ton last year. But <laughs> at the end of the day, like, he could become more consistent and have the same amount of upside that he did last year. Um, so I think Amari Cooper's right there. I think this, he's he's definitely the safer pick between the two guys and might even offer, you know, similar upside, but I think Watson's upside is a little higher. I, I think Watson has a higher weekly upside, if you ask me. I mean, he's yeah. a burner. You know, the way that he has that big play threat, you said it's not just touchdowns. It's not like they're throwing them at the goal line. They're deep touchdowns. And he could have had that one more. In the, that was it the second, first, second week where he had that drop. Yeah. Started the whole villain arc for him where he came back and he had all those touchdowns in a row. Yeah, so I, I like Christian Watson, too, at wide receiver 20. Um, he wasn't my pick as my target, but definitely not avoiding him by any means. Yeah, um, and then you have tight end Luke Musgrave, rookie tight end, uh, the, the first tight end the Packers picked. They also picked Tucker Craft as well. Uh, but Musgrave, you know, he is making some waves at, in OTAs right now. You know, he it seems like he's a starter, but we should probably, you know, I don't know if we should be targeting him. It's not often that a rookie tight end makes a, a legit fantasy impact in year one. Um, so I'm in on a potential year two from him. Let's see if he shows any good signs in the opportunity that he does get uh, in year one. Now, right. the Lions, very exciting team offensively, right? Jared yeah. Goff holding it down. He has weapons, and he's someone that you're targeting. Oh, yeah. I am bullish on Jared Goff, and I never thought I'd be saying this, you know, because it's crazy. <laughs> the way that he came over, the way he came over from the Rams is I, I saw him as a bridge quarterback, and I'll be honest, I didn't think he had anything left in him, but he's looking like 2018 Jared Goff. You put the pieces around him, and he can he can be better than just efficient. You know, he's very good, and I really like him this season when he has those weapons around him, and he has plenty of them. 
he was the QB 10 last season, 2022. I think he's one of the best kept secrets because I didn't even, you know, realize he finished that well until I actually dove into these statistics this offseason. He was really good. He had a really awesome close to the season. He might be getting more from the Lions offense than he's giving to it, like I just said, but he's doing more than just being efficient. And I think that's worth targeting in fantasy. In the last seven weeks of 2022, he scored at least 17 fantasy points five times, and he finished as the top seven QB on the week four times. And he also had a pristine 14 nothing touchdown interception ratio in that stretch of games as well, which is just fantastic. Like, if you're going to be put on an offense as good as the Lions, you know, that's the type of numbers that you want to be putting up. He had no problems producing. He did exactly what he needed to do. And uh, I think that the upside's even higher this season, the way that his supporting cast has grown. I think Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery are a much more dynamic duo in the backfield than Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift were last season, especially the way they were using him at the end of the season. And I also like that they added Sam Laporta. Obviously, he's a tight end. We know rookie tight ends don't do a whole lot, but it's just another option in the receiving game for Jared Goff to be targeting. He was also tied for the second most 300-yard passing games among all quarterbacks behind Patrick Mahomes last season in that stretch of seven games, I said, week 12 on. So his supporting cast received a significant boost. Jameer Gibbs, Dave Montgomery, all these weapons are added. And he's looking closer to his 2018 Rams self. He has to be going inside the top 10 or top 12 for ADP, ADP, right? No. He's going as a, as a QB 17 on underdog. So that's six spots and two rounds later than Dak Prescott, who did have one more touchdown from week 12 on in 2022, 15 touchdowns to 14, but Dak had 11 interceptions. Jared Goff had none. So I think he's severely undervalued, especially the way that he's priced right now on underdog. Uh, I'm taking a swing at him every day of the week. I have him. He's my guy over on Steve's Fantasy Guys thing. Like, I love Jared Goff this season. I, I hope that you kind of return that sentiment a little bit because this rant would have been poorly uh, executed if you don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I think you bring up a lot of points, man. Uh, I, I think Jared Goff, you know, he has the supporting cast. Uh, he has a good offensive coordinator. Uh, I just I, I love his situation that he's going into this year. Um, and, you know, you, you mentioned the backfield. Let's talk about the Lions backfield real quick. Early in the offseason, we had a David Montgomery DeAndre Swift backfield, right? And we knew how the Lions felt about Swift. And a lot of how they felt about Swift had me pretty high on David Montgomery. And I do still think Montgomery can be a solid RB2 this year because there's a world where he is still the primary rusher on a good offense with a goal line role, right? So right. he's being drafted as the RB28 on underdog right now. I think that's a solid price, eighth round. Okay, I think that's one of the best zero RB picks out there at the moment. I think he's a legit upgrade from Jamal Williams, who will be playing the Jamal Williams role. Uh, But if you're shooting for upside, we know how the Lions currently feel about Jameer Gibbs, right? That is clear as day right now. And with his receiving profile, I do think he's going to be used out of the gate the way that they wanted to use Swift. But they realized they They should have. Exactly. (laughs) They they realized that they were probably better off drafting his replacement for how they wish they could have used them, right? Yeah. Uh, elite route participation for a running back potentially coming for Gibbs. I think there is a decent chance that he finishes as an RB1, even if he's not the primary rusher. Uh, but if he's being targeted six, seven, eight times per game, because not only will he, be get, will he be getting the 15 touches or more per game, with most of that coming in the receiving game, he's also explosive, right? So this 
archetype of a player doesn't necessarily need to be the primary rusher in order for them to finish pretty high for fantasy, right? We've seen it before, right? Especially if you play in PPR leagues, as you should. Targets, (laughs) as we know, they're worth almost 3x as much as a carry, right? And with an explosive back like Gibbs, who was just taken ridiculously high in the first round, you got to think he's going to get fed by Jared Goff, um, just like how Goff fed Swift when he was on the field running routes. Absolutely. I think it's going to, I think we're going to be in a situation where Gibbs is going to be running more routes per game than Swift was last year. And he should. I mean, I'm going to be pissed if they don't use him that way. You know what I'm saying? Like they they yeah. draft to give so high, they have to use him how they were supposed to use Swift, right? That's why I look at it. But I, I think that you make some good points there. You talk about, you know, Gibbs getting those targets. If Gibbs gets six, seven, eight targets a game, something like that, and that, that's high. I don't know, five, six, just enough targets where he's catching a couple passes a game. You know, he's going to have a solid floor in PPR. And then you also have Dave Montgomery. This is a good offense. They have a good offensive line. There's a good chance that Dave Montgomery is going to eclipse double-digit touchdowns if he's used in that Jamal Williams role. That's plenty enough to keep both of these guys inside the top 24, like squarely. It's not like going to be close. They're just making it. Both of these guys can be top 24. And like you said, Dave Montgomery, he's quietly been like really good for fantasy. He's just been super underrated. Even when he was on the Bears, people don't realize that he can move the ball you know, in the ground game. He's actually a very good runner. And with Jameer Gibbs in the passing game, too, I think they have the best of both worlds there in the backfield. And with behind that offensive line, like you said, I don't think having both of these guys being weekly contributors in fantasy in 2023 is too far-fetched. In fact, it might even be an expectation that they do. Hell yeah, man. Um, and let's let's hit this receiver core, receiving core real quick. I'm on Ross St. Brown. I have him as a, a low-end wide receiver one. He's the guy in Detroit. Okay, just like set it and forget it. Every week, yep. wide receiver one. You know, great target at the end of the first round on underdog. You can probably get him in the second round in your home leagues. And um, by the way, my full 2023 rankings, dynasty rankings as well, are up on our Patreon Patreon page at patreon.com slash upperhandfantasy. Um, but, uh, you know, I think some people might be looking at James, Jameson Williams as somebody who will take targets away from Amon Ra. I don't really see it that way. No. You know, he's being suspended by, you know, for the first six games this, this year. I'm not moving Amon Ra up because of that. He was already up because he's Amon Ra. Okay. And yeah. I think Williams can be very good, can be a very good wide receiver in the NFL. Uh, but you're avoiding him this year. Uh, I, w- I want to I hear more. And I'm assuming that a lot of that has to do with the six week suspension. I mean, like I said, I actually wrote that when I put this article up, put this article together. I said that it's obvious, of course, you know, he's suspended for six games. You're losing six games. You're going to be avoiding for that reason. But it goes beyond that. I mean, the Lions dramatically bolstered their offensive weaponry. Like I said, they added Jameer Gibbs in the draft. They added Dave Montgomery in free agency. Two RBs capable of handling. If they were both on their own offense, I think 275 touches if need be. And they added an Iowa tight end to replace the Iowa tight end that they released. Uh, or They traded in the middle of last season. So all the talent is there. There's a ton of competition already. Amon Ross St. Brown, we just mentioned, is an absolute target machine. Even once Williams makes his return, presumably in week seven, you know, can we realistically expect him to earn a relevant share of the targets? He caught just one pass in 2022 that happened to be a touchdown. Um, But the larger problem was his usage last season. He only ran 37 routes over six weeks. Not really encouraging heading into 2023 with the suspension looming. And the Lions offense finds its groove early on and things are really working for them. Like, they might not want to mess with it 
if things are working that the way they want it to. If the offense is clicking, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. They might not try to shove Jameson Williams into this lineup. He might have a little bit of upside just because the offense is so good, but I don't see him taking a bunch of targets the way that we're going to we would want him to to capitalize on the talent that he had coming out of the draft and the expectation that he had coming out of the draft last last year. So for me, I'm avoiding him this season. I, I'm, I'm with you. I think he could be a really good receiver in the NFL, just career long. But for this season, I, the cards aren't going to fall correctly, I don't think, for him to be anywhere near what we want him to be this season. I, I think the question for me around Williams is, is it worth keeping him on the bench for that long you know, during the year, right? Yeah. He's being drafted as a wide receiver 49 uh, on underdog eight, nine turn, probably a little bit later uh, in your home leagues. So, you know, if I have an IR spot that allows a suspended player to be placed there, I think there's yeah. enough upside to justify it in this case. Otherwise, like you, I'm out. You know, he was a very good prospect. You know, the injury derailed him last year. He should be back to 100% this year. Apparently, he's a very different player. So we'll, we'll see how that works out. Another addition, you mentioned rookie tight end Sam Laporta. You know, he's been getting some praise in OTAs, and that's awesome. But like you mentioned, all the weapons, right? Between Amon Ra, Gibbs, Javison Williams, when he's back, you're not sure if Laporta makes a big dent in year one. Year two, after some development that tight ends normally need, sure, maybe. All right. We'll see. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.